Heads, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we're talking about the Grand Duelist Fiora, who was released February 29th, 2012. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let it begin. <laughs> There's always this pause after I announce when they were released where no one knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. How about that Fiora, eh? Right? <laughs> Sometimes they're really new and it, or really old. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize they were that old. Yeah. But, nah, 2012 feels yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, I, I think I vote now from now on that one of you does your best impression of the champion. Like Ooh, Mark just did. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Long for I wears the opponent. Excellent. I never mind. <laughs> Now, this isn't even Fiora impressions. These are just like offensive French accents. <laughs> tomato, fucking tomato, right? Like, let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I know that Fiora says because I only ever hear it if I happen to get her an ARAM and then I immediately re roll because I don't know how to fucking play Fiora. <laughs> Man, I do not either. Fuck me. No, no. So she doesn't have too much on the universe page, just a bio and a short story. Uh, which we're coming to expect from people who don't have a lot of lore. John, did she have a lot of AUs? I didn't ask. She is part of a decent amount of AUs. Uh, not nearly as like lore intensive as the Ezreal ones, although she is a part of a lot of the AUs that Ezreal is also a part of. But <laughs> So she let's doesn't... not go deep into those again. No, I'll just be covering her specific parts of yeah. them. But yeah, she, she in general has less AU lore. Mm-hmm. I figure, like maybe project isn't. I assume, I thought maybe she might have a a bigger role in project. It seemed like yeah, she's she's in project. Um, honestly, probably the AU she's got most of is is pulse fire again, just because she's in that short story that Ezreal's in. Oh weird. Oh, I honestly <laughs> forgot she had a pulse fire skin until I was looking at all the cosmetics. I was like, oh yeah, she's in that one too. I know. I always forget about certain skins until you start dropping the AUs. <laughs> a lot of times I'll look them up while we're recording because I'm like, they have that skin. There's like a handful that just don't get played ever. Yeah. yeah. She has she a lot that actually aren't part of AUs, which mm. is actually pretty uncommon. I feel like in most cases, if someone has a skin, there's a really good chance that a skin has some AU lore to go along with it. She has a lot that don't. Yeah. What, they don't have a, a three musketeers AU? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> All right. Who would be in it? Fiora, Yasuo. I mean, there's, there's a Twisted Fate Three Musketeers skin oh, already. I was okay. trying to think who even has skins like that. Those two. I thought maybe you could do like the, the like the Ace of Spades and the the Jack of Hearts ones, whatever, like Mordekaiser and, and Ezreal, but those are their <laughs> own thing, apparently. Yes. We learned. <laughs> I thought we were, it would just be three sword people. Who else has a small enough sword, I guess? Before, Master right? Yi, I guess. Yi, yeah, Yi might be a good one. It's the three musketeers. Mark D'Artagnan. Yeah. <laughs> the wannabe musketeer. Draven, Draytanian. That's what it would fucking be. It's what they always say. <laughs> all three, one and three for all. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I've never seen the three musketeers. It's like Mundo's <laughs> like. Of it. Oh man. Anywho, who Anywho, wants to take us through the bio? I'll take you through the bio because it's the only thing I have notes on. Dope. Dope. Okay. So, Fiora is the youngest daughter of the Laurent family. Had we talked about the Laurent family before? Why does that sound familiar? I don't no? think so. I don't think so either. Okay. Is I don't it know Laurent why it looked familiar. Or Laurent? Laurent? 
I would assume uh, Laurent. Okay, listen, I'm not French, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say <laughs> Laurent. We just did. Ah. Destined to marry a Damascian. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Fiora impression. Anyway, uh, Fiora is uh, pretty sure she's going to have to marry some Damascian person for political reasons. Very unexciting. I guess this all takes place in Damasia. This yeah. is our first Damasian champ, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. I well, I have so. no notes about the Damasia seems really boring. Just all right away from Fiora's bio, what I got from it. Just a bunch of royal families. Anyway, um, Fiora, she's not like the other girls, though. <laughs> That's the thing. That's really important about her character. She doesn't like dresses. She doesn't like sewing. She's not like that. She wants to fight with swords. <laughs> Eventually, there is a marriage that is arranged with a crown guard at the wedding. Fiora just publicly announces, no way, Jose. Uh, th- that's literally what I wrote. <laughs> Who am I? That's what I wrote. <laughs> I was like in a fever dream when I wrote the notes for this. Fiora publicly announced, no way, Jose, which shamed her family. That was my... <laughs> I mean, it shamed us. You saying it just now. <laughs> John, I'm your wife. <laughs> no way, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed to do the notes anymore. <laughs> anyway, I do love how Fiora waited until her wedding to be like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> or none. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, she agrees to the crown guard's demand for a duel to the death, but her father's like, no way, Jose. <laughs> anyway he's gonna uh take her place in the duel because he doesn't want his daughter to duel the night before the duel her dad's pretty sure that he's gonna die and not win this fight so he tries to poison his opponent he's caught and arrested and sentenced to death fiora asked jarvin the third he's like a king or something i don't know (laughs) if (laughs) i guess he's kind of a big deal i don't fucking know <laughs> Legit, I have no idea the fuck. I mean, I know who Jarvin is, but I didn't know he was like that important. Anyway, uh, you're thinking of Jarvin the Fourth. Oh, yeah. that's why they call him J Four, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, All the pieces are falling. I don't into know place. this Jarvin. This is a stranger Jarvin. He seems all right. <laughs> he did his best. He didn't. He didn't want these duels to happen, but his hands were tied or whatever. <laughs> Anyway, Fiora's like, let me carry out this sentence and murder my own father for funsies. So she duels him. Uh, it's, you know, a nice big fight, but she does end up killing him. She does have, like, a, a moment with him that no one knows what they've said to each other. She, like, visits him in prison. No one knows what went down. I assume he's just like, yeah, yeah. go ahead, kill me. It's fine. What a disappointing Chekhov's gun that was. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Like, they had to add this, like, riot mystery thing in there that they're never going to go back to. They're never fucking, you know, they're not, riot. You're not going to do anything with that. You know you're not going to fucking do anything with that. You don't give a shit. Anyway, I'm almost done with this bio. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so after Fiora kills her dad, she's then declared, uh, you know, the Laurent family person, head person, ahead of all of her head brothers. Head honcho. He- yeah. <laughs> and that's Fiora's bio. Yeah. I guess I guess the only other thing it kind of has at the end is that even after she's mm. the the big the big cheese, um, <laughs> what is it? It talks about like, oh, there's still a bunch of gossip and rumors and like, mm-hmm. ooh, the, the uh, impertinence of it all. And so she kind of gathers up all of the Laurents from like all over, distant cousins, you know, hillbillies out west, 
and <laughs> makes them all nobles, I guess. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're Don't all nobility yeah. now. And they're all going to work on their dueling together. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, to kind of make the family as strong as possible. I did uh, forget about that. Mm. I, w- I, think, I think this might be my least favorite bio. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it, maybe, it is... maybe Azir. Azir's was, was pretty bad. Oh, you're really right. Long. Azir's was... Pre- but Azir, at least, there was some original material in here. There is nothing new or original in this bio. It is the yeah. most trope-heavy basic bitch bullshit i've ever read even more than evelyn which i really didn't like evelyn's bio either i thought that was really tropey but there's nothing new in this literally nothing i think this is the only one where i read the original launch lore and was like i like this better (laughs) maybe maybe the writing's not as good but i like the story because it's basically the same story the main differences are they got rid of the entire arranged marriage arc, mm-hmm. which was useless in the first place. And it was just like her dad had an arranged duel with someone and he just fucking cheated. And, okay. and then and then a bunch of other opponents came forward and they were like, you know what? Now that you mention it, I feel like he cheated in our fucking duel too. Mm. So that's why the Laurent family name was disgraced because his dad had been cheating in all oh. of these duels. Uh, so now that's why Fiora's dueling everyone because now she has like an uphill battle of like god damn it because everyone when that came out was like well maybe Fiora's a cheater I too got you. so now she's like fuck you fight me <gasps> that's so much better yeah right i kind yeah. of remember that now that you're saying it and i i totally agree that's more interesting it's it's um i think a big issue i have with, with this is that i feel like i'm missing a ton of context for like how the nobility works cuz it it tries mm. to introduce a bunch of stakes like all over the place and I don't, know how, I don't know how any of this shit works. So I don't know what the stakes are or like what context any of this exists in. Yeah, and maybe that's just a, by nature of like this is our first Demacian champion. So we don't know a whole lot that's about true. Demacia. But still, like, I just, that shouldn't be necessary in a bio. To- yeah. <laughs> no, no. And I don't even think so because I, I, I felt that so strongly. I was like, okay, I got to go find out. Does it outline anywhere how the nobility works? How it all? Because it talks about like there being, a, you know, a grand political game of alliances. And and, and you admit, and you had said, oh, J three is pretty cool. You know, he was trying to kind of tamp down yeah. on that shit. Mm-hmm. It's not outlined anywhere. There's nothing anywhere mm-hmm. talking about how like this shit works, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it is worth mentioning because I, I, since we mentioned the crown guard name, that's the Garen Lux family oh okay yeah. i didn't know that although th- i don't think this person that they were marrying was like you know garen or Lux. immediate family like cousin type <laughs> okay crown it was just guard, but they're, they're all crown guards sure yeah there was there was a name that popped up uh tiana crown guard um yeah. that's a name we'll want to keep an eye out for because she she's going to show up a lot when we get to garen and lux i think she's not that relevant to fiora um she just gets a little cameo but she she shows up a bunch she's a, a legends of runeterra card Mm. Ah, <laughs> so it was Jarvan the third actually too, if i remember yeah she ate cost some big fucking thing i don't know i i i knew that j4 was called j4 and he was jarvin the fourth i didn't think about the other three jarvin <laughs> <laughs> i just it's it did not occur to me and when i saw the name jarvin i just assumed it was that jarvin that's really funny. Mm. I legit, legit didn't realize it. They're like nesting dolls. Jarvin third is a little <laughs> bit bigger, and Jarvin second. <laughs> so Jar- J four was there. He was inside Jarvin yes, the whole time. He was in like um, this chest opening. I was gonna say he was in his balls, but you know that's fine. It's fine. Oh, um, 
also there too. <laughs> my biggest problem with the well, oh god, I had so many problems with this, but I always side eye a little bit when you create a fantasy world and you still include like the patriarchy. Like you don't need that in your high fantasy world. I I'm fine with it here because it's not like it's like that in all of Runeterra. I'd be really tired if like the entire like all of Runeterra had like these gender role norms that we all have to deal with. It's so frustrating because when you're creating your own world, you don't you don't got to put that there, man. It doesn't need to be there. But in, in regards to Demacia, it's not really being shown as like a good thing. It's still a problem here and it's fine. But the idea that Fiora, the idea that in order for a female character to be badass and tough, that she has to reject all feminine things is so tired. Sure. And it's really outdated at this point, you know? And I don't know that that was like a frustrating thing to read. I'm like, oh, God, I feel like I'm reading a fantasy novel from like 2010. Like, where am I? <laughs> it's just boring. It's just very boring. It's so boring, Mark. Mark, it was so fucking boring. <laughs> I was bored. I was worried that you guys were going to like any of this. And I was like, I'm going to have to disagree oh my God, so me hard because I fucking hated this. This is boring. <laughs> find something to like in this because i don't know if we could still do the podcast <laughs> but but uh, no there i guess there was a hope that maybe you did find something good in it that i i was just so frustrated by the i'm not a, like other girls aspect of it that i couldn't get through but no yeah. for sure and i mean we'll hit some of that more when we get to the short story and i think we can talk about kind of the wider yeah. problems that it causes for the character because i think i mean for one i think it, it causes a weird sort of disconnect where the character on the one hand is you know, rejecting all of this tradition and, you know, blazing, blazing her own trail. And then on the other hand is like rigidly following along with all these yeah. other conventions. And it's, you could, you could get there. Like, I think there's a way you could write a character that has that kind of, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it, con uh, con contradiction in them, I mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. But obviously it's not been done here. They just... <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the quickest. It's like the. It's like a little bit of like paint slapped on the wall. Like fuck. I don't know. Make your yeah. uh, this. But yeah. Yeah. When I was in film school, they told us that you want your characters to be consistent or consistently inconsistent. <laughs> That's very important. And Fiora is neither. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like you were saying, John. I think the old lore is more consistent in that way where it's like okay mm. it's a clear motivation right it makes sense yeah. there's none of the, this weird sort of rejection of of parts of demacian tradition it's just like yeah and, and it makes a lot more sense why she's doing all the dueling here is this really nebulous like idea of you know honor and like they gotta save face they're like gangs where it's like oh if someone's yeah. talking shit like you know we got can't let them yeah. do that it reminded me almost of like a young adult novel where they tried to shove in like three or four B plots, except the entire story is like two paragraphs long. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did have that feel for like a, a not very well done older YA novel, which I've read a lot of. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah, so yeah. I was gonna say okay. also to your point, there's another there's a weird line in here that I did want to mention where it's after after she's taken the reins of the family. And it's talking about like, oh, everyone's gossiping, like, ooh, the impertinence. Uh, what could this arrogant child bring to Demacia but more strife and bloodshed if she would not take a husband? And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's it's weird because it's like, is this supposed to be informing us about Demacian culture? Because like, Tiana Crownguard mm -hmm. is like the Grand Marshal of all of Demacia's military. I know she has a husband, but like, I don't know. It just seems really, they, they seem to conflict, I guess, just those two ideas. 
Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Right, yeah, like her value to Demacia is not in the fact that she has a husband. Like, <laughs> like Tiana's value is like, she's the Grand General. So yeah. like, it's weird that they would equate that here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's, like I said, maybe it's trying to give us insight into the culture. I don't think so. Maybe it's trying to speak to just the, the antiquated ideals of these noble families. I don't think so. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's just a nice line to make it seem like Fiora is continuing to overcome odds, you know, and being, like you said, not like the other, not like the other Damascian yeah, girls. Yeah. Like, don't worry. She still doesn't need a man. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ash took a husband. She's still a yeah, boss. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Or, you know, yeah. I think in general, I had a lot, I saw some similarities between Fiora and like, it may, remind me of Camille where Camille was also super into yeah. her, her family, but Camille had a mm-hmm. bunch of groundwork and, you know, Camille's, you know, had a whole tragic relationship. I, I know I yeah. didn't vibe super hard with Camille, but especially in like the, in retrospect is pretty good compared to this shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, for sure. There were the appropriate steaks. I yeah, knew where to, sure. I knew how to cook those steaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These were rotting. They need to go back. Yeah. What did you think about the fancy matter of honor side story? That surely redeemed it, right? No. (laughs) All right, Mark, do you want to take the story? Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll hit this one. Uh, So, A Matter of Honor by Graham McNeil. Uh, So, this one is pretty short. This is a a flavor story in the the true sense, in that it's just a short thing. But uh, Fiora is stepping up to duel a man named Umberto, who is from another royal house, or noble house, sorry, not royal. Umberto is there with his brothers. Apparently, they were talking mad shit about Fiora at the Comercia <laughs> the other day, just suggesting that she's a bastard, you know, just being assholes. And um, as she's prepping, one of her brothers, Amdar, is kind of questioning the, the necessity of it. And Fiora sets a hard line like, no, if, if we let one wagging tongue go, I don't know, remember what she says, then they'll, they'll just keep going on. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, steps up to duel, gets ogled, and. Then Umberto steps up as well, <laughs> and they have they've got a bit of back and forth where you know he's being he's just being a pompous you know prick, and she's like, oh, I'll I'll give you an out. Um, I don't have to kill you. I'll just take your right ear off. And Umberto's like, ah, fuck that. Lunges, gets killed with a single blade stroke, and as and Fiora does in game, as Fiora does, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and after that, got straight for the vitals. <laughs> she, I mean, that's the one, okay. That's the one thing I did like about this was that it was just mm. a single stroke. Kill. I was like, okay, yeah, that's a little cool. The rest of it's kind of whatever, trash, <laughs> but that's cool. Um, that's a, a display of mastery, I guess. And then, yeah, and we catch at the end that this is like thirty plus duels that Fiora has done so far. You know, killing. I assume at least kills anyway. And uh, you know, she says every death restores our family's honor. Every death brings redemption closer. And Amdar is like, redemption for who or what or whatever. And she doesn't answer. <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> yeah they kind of showed me like a nugget of what could be good here and that's Fiora's relationship with her brothers we don't really know anything about them um except that she just has older brothers like that's it and there's one of them in this story and I don't think they've no the others are mentioned but I think something that could make it more original is if she has the support of her brothers I think that could be an interesting path to take and something that's different because my instinct would be in a story like this that her brothers would all hate her and try to have her killed because she took their role or whatever whereas if they just uh, saw her as a good leader for the family and tried to support her that could be interesting but nothing is done with that 
Yeah, you could really tie that into that mm-hmm. whole idea of her her bringing all the the Lauren Laurents yeah. in from all over and really. <laughs> You know, really trying to strengthen and tighten the family, and like, look, we are, we've all got that L in our name, so we're all going to be mm-hmm. together, right? You know, that could be cool, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I don't know. I found it pretty boring. I think to the yeah. point of like, oh, there's there's nothing original here. As I was reading through the bio, this was exactly the story I expected, even down to these guys <laughs> being like, you know, ogling her and making like remarks mm-hmm. and shit, like like winking at her and shit. I was like, I just knew that that's what was going to fucking happen, right? I just knew yeah. it was like. There's nothing, nothing surprising about it. So this scene, like, their whole area of Demacia seems like a place that talks a lot. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a lot of gossip and shit like that. How is it that you can have, like, 30 confirmed duel kills mm-hmm. and still have somebody come into a duel with you like, <laughs> I fucking got this. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I, I fancy myself a pretty good swordsman. If I ever found that someone had just, like, won their last 30 matches... And I had the option to not fight them. But fuck it. John, I will say, yes, I, I agree with you. However, do you remember when guys were being asked if they think that they could score a point against Serena Williams and the amount of guys who are not athletes and who do not play tennis were like, yeah, I could score a point against Serena. <laughs> I don't remember that. But it sounds <laughs> that <cool>. happened. <laughs> uh, oh, I fully believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but the, even that, like, that's pretty low stakes. I guess. I wouldn't yeah, bet yeah. my life. I went, that's I'd fair, be willing right? to bet, like, you, you can you score a point on Serena Williams? And if you can't, we will murder you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. Also, just like, fair point. You, you can be murdered if you gossip? Who, why are you gossiping? Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, in public. <laughs> go go at home. Get a group chat, you know, going. <laughs> people I mean, you that's, could trust that's what i was saying we're like i feel like we're missing big pieces of oh my god the culture yeah. around like dueling right like like we can mm-hmm. sit there and say yeah these guys were pompous pricks no fucking doubt right but if you are really in the right for at at best demanding to maim a guy because of this <laughs> right like yeah she gave him an out but the out was you you get fucking um you know you get your ear chopped off man you know that's might makes right apparently yeah i don't get it yeah, I'm curious if you have to accept the duel. It's like, a good question. That's like step one. Because he did say he uh, agreed to be yeah. there. Um, like if you're just like, nah, I'm good, then can she not kill you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's a it's, good question. It seems to all just work on this assumption that, oh, if you deny the duel, then you're you're losing face. But I don't know how that impacts, like, like what the impact of that is. What are the, what are the long-term yeah. effects of people continuing to talk shit Right or or continuing to <laughs> to not take on duels like do they lose what do they lose what do they actually practically right? lose I don't know I don't know now there was a there was a bit in this story that I mean I I believe it doesn't really touch on anything about the the nobility aspect or the dueling aspect but they did mention the measured tread at some point in this story with and it was like capitalized so I was like what is the measured tread uh, so I looked it up. It is very hard to find information about, which makes me think that it has kind of been phased out of canon, mm. maybe, but is still in this story. Um, but here's what I found about the Measured Dread. It is an indoctrination tool the Demosian military uses. Um, it's basically a handbook which outlines the nation's ideology, and quotes from the book include, Death is inevitable. One can only avoid defeat. To fight for justice in the name of Demacia." Victory for our allies, defeat for our enemies, and justice for all. 
when Damasians march forth, ridding Valoran of the evils of selfishness and greed under the pristine banner of justice, we know who we are and what we fight for unapologetically. In our eternal march, we must stomp out evil across Valoran whenever it, wherever it may grow. And finally, leave no stone unturned. The roots of one ignored weed will inevitably corrupt the whole of the garden. Hmm. God, even their rule book is really boring. <laughs> you know, the fact that they say Valoran twice in there makes me wonder if, yeah, that's an old thing that just... Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what threw me off about that was that she's talking about that as they're doing sort of like a like practice footwork. They're both like taking certain steps and they're walking around. So I thought maybe it was just an, like something we're not supposed to know, but like, oh, that's just a part of the duel. You do the measured tread first and that's like... You know, the ritual part of the duel is you take these certain steps, but, you know, good find on that one. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know what I would have really liked? I was trying to think, what would I have liked for this story? And I think that I would have liked to have seen her fight one of three opponents. The first one would have been a sacrificial lamb. So someone's talking shit and they put forward not, you know, some pompous prick guy, but some like distant cousin who has never held a sword, someone who has absolutely mm, no chance and mm-hmm. is being being used as a political pawn in the way that she didn't want to, right? Yeah. I would like to see her- And she murders him. Yeah, sure. I would like to see yeah. what she does. Uh, yeah, an uppity, or not. Yeah, but... An uppity commoner, someone who's talking shit about the Laurence, but who's not a noble, right? How does that work? Can you challenge just anyone? But who knows? Yeah. Like someone who, again, is not gonna be able to fight. And then the third one, and this is another big complaint I have about Fiora, uh, is a captured mage who like demands trial by combat or something like that. Because Fiora, that's a big complaint I have, is that she is not involved in the, the current like mage quasi-civil war that's like the active thing in Demacia. She's not doesn't touch it at all. But that's like a the big to do going on right now. So And and I haven't Yeah. I haven't read ahead for a lot of the Mage War stuff. Um I don't know if you have, but is that a right that mages could actually invoke in Demacia or is it like uh I don't know probably don't not be in Demacia <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I you know I've read a little bit around it because when we were talking about fiddlesticks it seemed like it was a little tied to that um I don't fucking know I don't even know if they do trial by combat but they do dueling and, and all this shit so I assumed it was something that you could feasibly write if you wrote it that someone had demanded it I would believe you that they would get it I mean we saw it with Seb- Sebastian her dad he kind of got it, right? Like, what would happen if he had killed Fiora in that duel? One would assume that he's he's not just going to get executed, right? Yeah. I think. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, some something to push up against these these things that she does adhere to and to like cause actual conflict for the, the character rather than just like a, like a physical, I got to beat this guy in a fight, which I'm obviously mm-hmm. going to do. That type of stuff. I don't yeah. know. It's all there's nothing to connect us to her, um, either. She doesn't have any relationships with anyone, not even like they don't have to be romantic ones, but we don't know her relationships with anybody. Does she have friends, family? Where's her mother? Also, a good question, yeah, (laughs) young lady. Where is your mother? Where is your mother, Fiora? (laughs) You know, she's just dead or some shit, you know, probably, which is fine, but tell me, (laughs) yeah. I guess she bros it up with Garen from that sim- that cinematic that we saw, oh. which is also weird because you would think there would be kind of some animosity between her and the, the crown guards, right? Like they right. might not get along. 
Well, the idea of her forming relationship with someone in the Crown Guard after all of this could actually be interesting. Sure. Um, kind of the irony of it, of her rejecting being married to this family and then falling in love with someone from that family would be really interesting, especially if it was the guy she was actually betrothed to. That would kind of <laughs> wanted a Crown Guard, just not that Crown Guard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get it. You want, it, it's, you could, you could certainly write it, right? And, and yeah, that mm. would be a nice, um, that would have some fun to it. Uh, the, the issue, obviously, is, is, is none of what we have here is... I don't want to say it's not good, but it doesn't... You know, it's it, it's boring. It's, just, it's, it's not anything. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could change the names of these characters, and I would have had no idea. It, it just would sound like anything else. It doesn't... Yeah. Now, there is one more short story. Oh, a hidden one. Oh, uh, is, this, is this the Jax one? This is the Jax story. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, basically, this is Jax just on a bridge in Demacia, uh, just fighting folks. And the story outlines one of his fights and how he's fighting someone and easily beating him. But the person he's fighting is, you know, he's kind of described as a talented and competent fighter. Uh, you know, Jax kind of compliments a lot of the things he's doing in the fight. But still, it's a very easy fight for Jax. And he just easily dispatches him. And then Fiora approaches. And Jax immediately notices her perfect balance and the promise of death in her eyes, her confidence, and he finally knows he's found a worthy opponent. And then fade to black. We don't get to watch that fight. What? Yeah. Yeah, she just shows up at the very end. There's a there's a really good um, community video where someone animated a fight between Jax and her. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Um, I don't remember what the title is, unfortunately. It's like Summoner Showdown 4 or something like that. I don't know. Mm. It's a little <laughs> stick fighty, but it's fun. Those, yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. All right. Do we have anything else to say before John mm. jumps us away? I don't know. I, I would really like for Fiora to have a, a an antagonist who is good at mm. m- handling the political side of things. Someone who can't, mm. obviously can't beat her in a duel, but can certainly outmaneuver her in that. And not even like a villain, but just someone who is looking out for their own house and they find themselves at odds. Something like that. Help flesh out the the, the Game of Thrones Demacia thing that they're, they kind of hinted <laughs> at here. And um, Yeah, that... That could be really interesting. Just kind of like a reflection. Maybe someone who's in a similar position but handled it a lot better. Yeah, like the Damasi and Swain. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just like they're really good at the political side of things. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They got a demon in them, you know. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 All right. Go ahead, John. Well, like Mark mentioned, there are some cinematics. Uh, first one is called Before Glory. So this is one of the Legends of Runeterra cinematics. So this is basically two kids are sneaking into the Vanguard training facility and they're practicing all the signature moves of Garen and Fiora, who they both really look up to um, poorly because <laughs> they're difficult moves and these are children. So they repeatedly fail to do the moves against an immobile target. Uh, Garen and Fiora catch them there, and they're like, oh, we want to fight for glory like you. And Fiora has a big speech about why you shouldn't fight for glory, because glory's fleeting. Instead, you should strive for excellence, so when you're staring death in the face, you won't falter. Um, 
And the children are a little intimidated by that because they're like, children, you know. <laughs> uh, and then a screeching dragon attacks and Garen and Fior are off to fight it. Thrilling. Yeah. This one's pretty boring. I've seen this. Yeah. It just, it just exited God, your brain. God, is Garen going to be this boring, do you think? No, no, no. He's I hope fun. not. I, I know. I'm so scared. I think, uh, well, I guess we'll fucking see. I don't know. At least he's got, like, he's more involved with... I think the mage conflict to me is an interesting yeah. conflict, and he's involved mm, okay. with that. Like that's the interesting. Even if way his to role in that sucks, at least we'll get to read some lore around it, which will be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really an accessory to Lux. I I suspect. I don't know, but I get that feeling that he's there to help kind of really prop up Lux as like the main story of what's happening in Demacia. Hmm. Also, he looks fucking. Also- I was gonna say he looks like he's fucking malnourished in this. He looks like a normal really? person. Right. He's so tiny. <laughs> it's just that normally you see him and he's as wide as a Mack fucking truck. And here he yeah. looks like a regular individual. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird to see him like that. <laughs> oh, I gotta see this now. What is this? Uh, and then the other one is called King's Gambit. Gallstones, King's Gambit. This is just an advertisement for a Riot memory game. Uh, she doesn't have any lines in this cinematic. She's just shown beating some nobody at the game that they're advertising. Have y'all? I really got into this game, but yeah, I'm curious. I was gonna ask if y'all if you had ever tried playing this Telstones. Is that what it's called? You know what? It probably is Telstones. I wrote Gallstones. It <laughs> occurs to me that was probably an autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Ryan's going real wide with their branding. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Telsey Doodle. I don't know. I like board games. I, I, they they have like a they put a little YouTube video of like here's the rules to Telstones. I was like, oh great, this will be an easy way to learn it. Seems like something you can play with just pieces of paper or whatever. Um, and they started talking about the rules. And I did not fucking follow it. <laughs> like that's a bit much. Yeah. No, it seems like. I don't know. Didn't seem like something I'd be super into. I loved I loved Max vs. Minions, but yeah, mm. this one didn't seem like something I'd get down with. This seems like a good drinking game because it's all about remembering mm, shit. I could see that. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was Go just going to say, I do know they play it. Like, in canon, people will play this. I guess as you, we kind of saw in that mm. video. So, who knows? I don't know. Maybe that'll be relevant later. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh... So she's also part of the LOL school animation. This was the one from the Riot Russia team, basically just advertising the LOL Academy skin lines. Um, it's the same one we talked about with Ari Darius and Echo. Fiora's the teacher in this AU. Although, I guess we'll get into it a little bit later, but not even technically part of the skin line originally. Wait, so she's... Well, I, I guess oh. that makes sense. Because she came out before... Out, that outfit was a harrowing skin. And then oh. when they released Academy, they just kind of retroactively oh. were like, ooh, you're teacher now of okay. this LOL Academy skin line. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Yo, she could catch that work, though. That that skin is A+. Plus. <laughs> I know. Everyone fucking lost their shit when that skin came out, I remember. Uh, she's also a part of the Project Overdrive cinematic. Uh, this is... This is, a, this is a pretty cool cinematic, actually. A lot of the Project ones are short. This was one of the longer ones. Um, but Project Fiora is rescuing Project Master Yi from a, from a facility where he was being experimented on. Leave him. Let him die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, Master Yi's perception <laughs> is shifting between kind of real life and like a little fantasy setting where the threats around him are monsters in a field as opposed to what they really are, which in this case is Zed in a neon city. <laughs> so they're attacked by uh, Project Zed and Project Lucian comes to their rescue and they have a pretty cool 3v1 epic elevator fight um, between Lucian, Fiora, Master Yi, and Zed. Uh, until Yi ults, and the fight ends at that point because Yi's stupid. <laughs> I was just like, I legit passionately hate Master Yi simply because of how frustrating he is in games sometimes. I'm going to love him in his stories, right? Just that would be really funny if I just ended up having to love his lore. All right, you're going to start maining Master Yi? Yeah. No, I'm not an animal. <laughs> no offense to any Master Yi mates. <laughs> Uh, she's also in the systems online cinematic, kind of. She's not. Her saber is. Uh, this is just a cinematic highlighting the weapons of all the good guys from the Pulsefire universe, and it's got Fiora's saber in there. Ooh. Yeah. And also in Rise, the Rise cinematic, her saber's also in there. <laughs> so wait, the project saber? So if you're saber? a big fan... Oh, nope, it's just oh, a just regular, regular old saber. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a big fan of, of sabers. Fiora's sword but don't like Fiora, have I got the two cinematics for you. I'm sure that's a robust crew you just reached out to there. You know, they're a niche group, but they're passionate. I was surprised. I don't feel like her weapon's all that, like, recognizable compared to a lot of others. It's funny how they put it in so many. Yeah. It's recognizable in that it's so small compared to the massive fucking yeah. swords of everyone else in the game. It's not like like Riven or Jax, you no. know. Yeah. It's not a lamppost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So hopping into the AUs, as you may have gathered from a few of the cinematics, she's part of the Project AU. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, if, you know, this is your first one and you don't know anything about the Project AU. <laughs> You're starting at Fiora. <laughs> she's the perfect... <laughs> Project is the perfect fusion of one's supernatural essence with advanced weaponry and body augmentation. The linking of technology and energy allows extraordinary hosts to channel their essence into physical manifestations and, in rare cases, transcend the corporeal plane. Only subjects possessing extremely focused inner essence and exceptional physical attributes can unlock the true power of Project. And the Project Fior bit for this is... Uh, Augmented for speed, Fiora uses her Zero Pulse Sword to fight alongside Ash and the other members of Genetic. The full-length Energy Blade allows for flawless attack precision and maximum repel strength, while the spatially controlled atomic tip coating is most suited for single-target combat. I like how they were like, it's fencing, but science. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're trying to sell this, this fencing foil. <laughs> He's just fencing. Read the whole pamphlet. Ooh, it's got tip coating. Right. Honey, does oh, our sword shit. have Is that tip atomic coating? tip coating? <laughs> Trying to upsell you. We've got a fencing sword at home. <laughs> so she's also part of the pool party AU. Uh, set in a summer setting, each champion is equipped with summertime clothing. Uh, fun fact about Pool Party Fiora, out of the 21 Pool Party skins, she's one of only two with zero lore blurbs. Oh, wow. The other being Graves. 
Oh, huh. poor Fiora. Y'all yeah. see that uh, pool party brom and set splash? Thank you, Rito. <laughs> They're drinking in the splash, but they ain't the only thirsty ones. <laughs> John, <laughs> what? <laughs> and that brings us to a mortal journey. You're nasty. <laughs> Long ago, in an ancient land, many souls gathered beneath the gods to test the limits of their power. Foolish and arrogant, brave and just, their journeys are written in the immortal pages of history. <laughs> What skin is this? Yeah, what skin is uh, this? This is the sword. <laughs> this is soaring sword, Fiora. Is that just a normal? <laughs> yeah. So basically, this skin, this skin line, separated into gods and demigods and mortals. Um, and Fiora is one of the mortals. Uh, she, a pupil of a famous martial arts oh. school, Fiora pined after her fellow student Yi, but was never able to win his heart. Now she pursues him as he searches for the fabled sword of jade to protect the artifact from the man she once loved. Wait, this is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the the skin line? <laughs> Sorry. Is it just... it John, you're very familiar with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Are you? I, I don't know. I don't this know if that's a joke is. or not. He's a big fan. No, oh, he's fuck. a big fan. That's I, not I a am, joke. yeah. yeah. The Green Destiny and all that shit. I remember the Janna skin that's the same the same line, but I didn't remember Fiora's. It's cute. Yeah. There's I'm actually a bunch it. of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, uh, God, what is it? Journey, I feel like it's probably more like Journey West than, than Crouching Tiger. Mm. But Interesting. Uh, there is actually a, it's not necessarily a short story, but it is like a long form poem called Where the Heavens Touch the Earth that is in relation to the skin line it's pretty long i didn't write it here but it's pretty probably <laughs> like we mentioned the other episode we don't really know poetry and it, and it didn't rhyme <laughs> <laughs> it, it was longer than a limerick so john was lost it it actually just the feel of it reminded me a lot of the haikus from ghost of tsushima that oh. you make as you go around the world they had like very much that vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Mm. They weren't haikus. I know enough about poetry to know that, but it had that vibe. <laughs> John, I'm reading John. <laughs> okay, here's what John wrote <laughs> under this poem. It's pretty, probably. Reminded me of the haikus from Ghost of Tsushima, though it's not a haiku. Doesn't rhyme. Is it really a poem? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Any poetry nerds out there? Don't I know, I know it's a poem. No. Yeah, please. <laughs> and I know that a lot of work went into it, and it probably is very beautiful. It's probably a great poem. We're just uncultured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the harrowing, which is what Headmistress Fiora is technically a part of, has no lore, because like I mentioned, they just kind of shoved it into the LOL Academy, which mm-hmm. she does have lore through there for it, so... Um, so Academy is set in a school where all of the champions are either students or school staff members. And obviously Fiora is the headmistress with her headmistress Fiora skin. <laughs> uh, all of these ones were also, all of the lore blurbs here were kind of explanations of a punishment that the student had been through. It's kind of like their note to the principal type deal. Um, and hers is, attention all students. Concerning the recent upswing in vandalism and general troublemaking, it has come to my attention these behaviors may be intended to draw the personal attention of our headmistress. <laughs> the dean reminds students that such encounters can be fatal and encourages them to reread the Academy Code of Conduct. 
y'all are all trying to fuck the principal. That's, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> a fucking plus. They're hot for teacher. Yeah. Now she's also part of the Heartbreaker slash Heartseeker skin line, which are the Valentine's Day skin lines. And she is a heart piercer. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fiori fancies herself the <laughs> ultimate rival in all things romantic, a duelist unsurpassed in swordmanship and love. How ironic that she finally seems to have met her match. I don't know well, what, I what say, it's referring like, to. It? Does Jax have a... no more information here. <laughs> Although, uh, fun fact about this one, this was originally a fan-made skin concept, hmm. and then the fan was hired, and oh, shit. they oh, shit. made it into a real skin. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she's got a world championship skin. Honoring the Shy's winning performance in, on Invictus Gaming as Fiora during the 2018 World Championship. And she's part of the Lunar Beast AU, which does have a bit more lore specifically tied to it this year. Uh-huh. Um, so Lunar Beast, which is part of the, the you know Lunar Revel, Lunar New Year kind of skin line, uh, is set in the year 2057. Uh, so champions are chosen by Lunar Gods to entertain lunar beasts to ensure a prosperous new year each year a mischievous lunar beast arrives in the mortal realm drawn to the new year celebrations and each year the corresponding lunar god selects a squadron of champions to lead the beast on a merry chase and protect the city from the creature's playful rampage the lunar parade is a beloved part of the new year's festival and the beast itself brings good luck once it has been lulled to rest by the squad's efforts when a lunar beast is well entertained and well rested it always signals a prosperous new year. So this was uh, this actually has its own cinematic for this year too. Yeah. Um, called Save the Celebration. Uh, it was pretty cute. Uh, it just kind of looked like there was an orb being placed in some machine that seemed to power a city, but a small monster steals the orb, or more accurately, it accidentally eats it because Annie was eating snacks and got snack juice <laughs> all over it, so it got confused and just ate it. Uh, so they start chasing it to get it back, but the orb is kind of powering it up. So now it's not a tiny little dog-sized beast anymore. It's a giant beast. So Annie, Alistar, Fiora, Jarvan, and Darius fight it. Annie manages to summon Tibbers inside of its belly and retrieve the orb without killing it. And now they're good friends. Yay. Nice. Yay. A merry chase was had by all. <laughs> uh, so... Fiora's part in this. Uh, Fiora keeps mostly to herself, determined to reclaim her family's honor from her father's failure as a member of the Last Ox Squad. She thinks the rest of the squad doesn't take their duty seriously enough, and her determination to avoid another disastrous New Year makes her seem standoffish and cold to her teammates. So a little bit of backstory here. Uh, the father's failure that they're referencing here um, was actually when Lunar Beast Viego led the ox squad and he decided instead of entertaining the beast they were just going to straight up defeat it once and for all uh which didn't sit well with the beast who wiped his whole team including his wife shit damn that's a little heavier than yeah than i kind of expected for that <laughs> skin line but right yeah uh, and there's also a prestige fior one Long days of community service and long nights of tactical planning have left Fiora not drained, but energized. 
Her steely determination has hardened into foresight and loyalty. Whatever the Lunar Beast throws at them, Ox Squad knows that Fiora has their back. I like that that AU. I was just going to say, I really like that idea. It has like a nice kind of a... Kind of almost like a fable type feel to it. Like, oh, this beast comes once a year and we have to entertain mm-hmm. it and lead it through a romp. Like, it sounds like something you would base a celebration off of, which is neat. Yeah. 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 It's fun. The last AU she's part of is Pulse Fire. In the dystopian timeline of post-cog era Piltover, a highly regimented totalitarian police state has taken power. During these times, the group known as the Remembrancers are tasked to manage the temporal spaces with chrono-enforcers known as Pulsefire and observe for any temporal anomalies and changes to the timelines. Now, when we talked about this the other week, we focused more on the the fun time-jumping folks like Ezreal. <laughs> this week, we're going to focus on the serious down-to-business Remembrancers. The boring people. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm going to read you Pulse Fire Fiora's blurb, and let me know if anything sounds familiar. <laughs> Fiora joined the Chrono Enforcers at a young age under the tutelage of her father. When a conflict with a temporal fugitive left him disgraced, her father was thrown into doubt, but Fiora endured. Now, despite having reclaimed her family's reputation and forged herself into an utter paragon of the Chrono Enforcers, recent revelations have cast her into doubt once more, but this time about the Remembrancer's true purpose. I think Fiora is the only champion who it seems like in any AU with a decent amount, a decent enough amount of uh, lore, it still always comes down to her dad being disgraced. Like... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. She can't get away from it no matter where she goes. Well, I am I am noticing this about a lot of the AUs is that they will do that sometimes. They'll take a champion story and they'll just kind of paint it a different color and not mm-hmm. make it different enough. You know, you want to shape them and form them so they fit into this new world better. But literally, they're just like, it's, it's the same exact story, but here now. And like, that's not interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, compared to like Ezreal, where you got the same personality but very obviously yeah. kind of a different setup um, mm-hmm. and used to its fullest. So. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's most egregious with Fiora for sure. Yeah. Yes. And maybe it was just me reading them like one after another like that. And maybe that's <laughs> not how it's meant to be consumed. But I feel like I felt that with another one too. And mm. now I don't remember. It was recent, but I don't remember who it was. Mm. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't place them either. Hmm. It might have been Evelyn, something like that. Oh no, it wasn't well, Evelyn. she was in a like she was in like a demon one, right? Or maybe it was the masquerade one. I don't remember mm. where she just wears a mask but does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, <laughs> and she's also part of the out of time story that we talked about the other week with Ezreal. Um, this one just kind of follows Ezreal. Uh, so if you're curious about the story itself, I listen to the Ezreal episode <laughs> that covers the brunt of it. But for for Fiora's part. Uh, she finds Ezreal after his jump away from Pantheon. He was injured, and she helped him. And when he regains consciousness, he's confused about where slash when he is, and she realizes, oh, no, this isn't my Ezreal. Because <laughs> apparently at some point in the future, Ezreal has joined the Remembrancers. Um, but she realizes that this is the Ezreal who keeps tearing holes in the space-time continuum instead. <laughs> uh, so... She she seems pretty close to the Remembrancer version of Ezreal, and apparently he had actually told her the night before that she would end up saving his life soon, and likely would again, or that she had saved his life before, 
and likely would again. So now she's like, oh, that's what he's talking about. What a little scamp that Ezreal. (laughs) Uh, So she fixes Ezreal's suit enough that he can do one more jump and then also gives him a special coin to show her the next time they meet up so she doesn't murder him on sight. That little bit alone is a million times more interesting than anything we've gotten for Fiora. I think part of it just being that we're seeing her connect with another person. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because we just don't have that in anything. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Which is right. fine. I think if I think if you have a character doesn't that doesn't have human connections, that can be a great place to explore. But that's not explored either. Yeah. And hmm. just she's just there she's... with her disgraced dad. <laughs> I know, and I was hoping that it would be one of those things where like. Maybe it'll be a, a Brahm situation where, like, mm. maybe the lore's not there, but they've got some fun quotes that really add to the character. Oh. But she was before they started doing a lot of quotes, and she never kind of got that that rework attention, so she uh. does not have a lot of quotes at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's real unfortunate. Um, the only fun quotes were really, like, she's got, she's got two... Uh, princess bride references in her quotes <laughs> cute she's got a prepare to die and i like you i hate to kill you uh and i will say another thing that is not necessarily a good thing but it kind of tickles me uh since she has so few quotes you hear a lot of them over mm-hmm. and over again when you play her um and they reminded me a lot of Raphael from soul caliber uh, at least how I liked to play Raphael from Soul Calibur. He's a fencer in there. And he had one kind of sidestep parry move where you just like sidestep and stab behind your back. And if someone tried to like get away, he'd taunt them and go, where are you going? And I would just spam that nonstop. <laughs> think, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And that's how Fior feels. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> You'll also be at Soul Calibur. I don't know. I knew who you were talking about. I never played it to that degree, <laughs> but I knew who you were talking about. Yeah. 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 The voice actress is, is Karen Strassman, who actually did Cassiopeia's voice and like a couple others who we'll get to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John has that written Shana down. Shana and Zyra. Oh, oh nice. that's a lot of voices. Damn. Yeah. I would never have noticed either. That's awesome. Unfortunately, that's also the only fun fact I have. <laughs> Not a lot of fun facts on that side either. Yeah, she doesn't have much. I guess, fun fact from Runeterra, there are a few Laurent cards. There's about three or four of them that float around. Um, hmm. Just, you know, help... I, I would say flesh it that out some, but they don't. They're just there to, to kind of poke fun at and laugh at, really. But um, they've got goofy French accents, just you know, just like her. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> goofy French What year did Niccolo join? Is this family named after him? Uh, huh. That's an interesting question. It didn't occur to me until now. I, I mean, I know it's kind of a common French name, but... I, I bet. Does that name show up in the old lore, do you remember? I think so. I think it's Then it I must be, yeah. Because that's... You know, like we said with Ezreal, they used to do that shit a lot. <laughs> He's the current CEO. Nicolas Laurent. Oh! That must be it then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But it used to be... God, I forget what his original title was at the time that this probably was he was like a, a head of international something or other oh interesting huh. got me hmm. all right do we have any final thoughts on fiora we're all disappointed well but. what she lacks in content she makes up for 
in lack of content. <laughs> so when you think about it like that. She's really got a lot going for her, you know. What? <laughs> <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. We good? Fibora. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I saw the regret in your eyes, Mark. And like I heard it as soon as it came out of your mouth, there was so much regret. There's no fucking filter sometimes. Yeah. Ooh, that's way better. (laughs) It's equally bad, if anything. (laughs) Yeah, Mark, it's not better. (laughs) Well, that was Fiora. Hopefully we made it more entertaining than it was to read. Yeah, but thank you for listening. John and I do another podcast. We watch the highest rated and the lowest rated movie in a franchise and chat about them. We just did Step Up. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) For this podcast, we have a Twitter now. It's at Loreheads. And we do post these episodes on YouTube if you want to chat in either place there. Yes, uh, but join us next week because we will be talking about the title Trickster Fizz. Trickster Fizz.